Welcome to the 90 Minutes Fitness Podcast, a podcast all about soccer-specific fitness, from training and gym work to nutrition and mindset, all in an easy-to-understand format. With a brand new episode every Monday featuring guests from the world of soccer and tips and advice on how to take your game to the next level, you're guaranteed to leave increased motivation and practical steps on how to succeed in the soccer world. Here's this week's episode with me, your host, Aidan Kern. Hello and welcome to the Night Mids Fitness Podcast with me, your host, Aidan Kern. Today I'm joined by Mikey Rowe, professional footballer at Galway United in the League of Ireland and scholarship consultant with Pass for Soccer. In this episode, I'm going to chat to Mikey about his experience playing with Orford United, his time playing in America and being a D2 National Player of the Year and an All-American. We're also going to talk about his signing his first professional contract in America with Tormenta FC and his current role as a scholarship consultant. If you're a player thinking of going to America on a scholarship or if you're already playing in the college system, then this episode is for you. Mikey's journey will show you just how the college soccer route can lead to a professional contract, along with giving you unforgettable experiences along the way. Mikey, thanks a lot for taking the time to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, Cheers, Aidan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, it's an absolute pleasure to get you on. I think your story is one that will kind of help a lot of people out there. Um, It'll just show kind of how the, the college soccer route can really kind of lead to to playing professionally and beyond because I think it's uh, it's a great example to players thinking of going the the college soccer route. Um, so yeah, it's just a great story to get out there. Um, but how are you getting on at Galway? I know you've just kind of signed there recently. So how has that been going? Especially kind of just with everything getting back up and running um, after COVID. No, really good so far, Aiden. I um obviously I played I played in America now for five and a half years and. You know, it was going to have to be for me, you know, an offer that kind of appealed to me to come back to to Ireland and the full time set up a goal under John Caulfield was, was, you know, exactly the sort of thing I was looking for. So it's been really, really good so far. You know, we've got two preseason games in the uh, under our belt, and um, it's extremely professionally run, which is which is great for me, obviously being here, and it's I think it's great for the League of Ireland as a whole because you know the more full time setups run like proper professional football clubs which there's more than enough clubs in Ireland capable of doing I think the better for the league and the better for for you know all the players in this country so I've been really impressed so far and really really happy with how it's going yeah no absolutely fantastic it's great to I'm sure it's great for yourself to be back home um like I said after kind of five and a half years away it's great to be a bit closer to to family in that in Wexford um have you got home much at all to see them or yeah, no, no, it's been great so far. I'd obviously, and uh, I got home one weekend. You'd kind of <laughs> the trip from Galway to Wexford. I know it's not too bad, about three and a half hours, but you'd want two days off. So, you know, anytime we get two days off, obviously, abiding by COVID restrictions, um, I'll get home as much as I can if we have two days off. But, but other than that, I'll, I'm kind of here for the most part now. And, well, you know, when we play Wexford away, at least I'll get a weekend at home, maybe. Yeah, that'd be nice, won't it? No, it's great to great to finally kind of get back home after that uh, kind of time away. But even if it just takes back to kind of when you when you first started uh, playing in Wexford, um, I know you end up kind of joining Warfish United in the the 19s as well. So if you just kind of talk to us about just kind of growing up in Wexford, how you first got involved in football, and then just your experiences playing uh, 19s League of Ireland as well. Yeah, so. You know, I, I played for my local side, Campbell United, the whole way up from, you know, the time I was five years old to, to I think I had just turned 18 or I, I might still be 17 when I signed for Watford. But, you know, that's something 
I'm extremely proud of the fact that, you know, I played for Campoil the whole way up. Um, you see a lot of players chopping and changing clubs these days. And what I was, you know, I, I always wanted to just play with my friends from the time I was five. And I'm glad I got to do that up until I was 18, you know. Um, so, yeah, that's essentially what I've done up until 18. I played with Campoil. I played with, you know, county sides in Wexford. We, you know, we got two All-Ireland finals under 18. Uh, which was huge. We won one of them. We actually lost the goal in the other one. Um, but, you know, that was huge for me because, you know, doing well in that obviously opened up uh, a number of offers in the under-19 league, which is something I always wanted to progress to. So, you know, Waterford was the one for me in, in 2014 when I signed there. It was, it, it made sense, you know, to go to Waterford. I could live at home. Um, I was doing my leaving start at the time. So, you know, it made a lot more sense to drive to to Waterford rather than up and down to Dublin a couple of times a week. So, you know, that's why, why I went to Waterford and it was good for me, me and my development at the time because I actually I actually made my first team debut before my 19th debut for Waterford. Just just circumstances had it that way because, you know, it was a time when, when Waterford lost a lot of players halfway through the season and that opened up, you know, opportunities for younger lads. So going into the first team, League of Ireland was was a huge step from from what I was used to, but you know those experiences have stood to me. So I played, you know, a season in nineteens, which went really well. Um, played a season of first team, um, which went really well as well. It was it was difficult to step up, and I think I played the nineteen season, and then once I stepped up fully to the first team, it was it had become clear to me that you know I wasn't at the level to make the impact I needed to make at the time. So. So that's when I had to start looking at other options. And just so obviously you're playing with the 19s, doing well, making first team appearances. Um, was there any point where, obviously you went on to college soccer, but was there any point where you were like, no, I'm going to stay stay in Ireland, stick, stick at the 19s, break into the first team and progress from there? Or were you always in the back of your mind just given how the situation was at the time in Waterford, was always in the back of your mind that you needed to maybe take a different uh, route if you want to progress? No, I, my initial plan was to always stay in Ireland. Um, you know, I kind of, I went back and forth between kind of two agencies in England, in London at the time when I was playing with, with Waterford 19s and it looked like some, some offers there might open up. Um, obviously they want to see you playing week in week out with the first team and you know they were happy enough up until I left 19s and then I wasn't playing regularly with the first team and you know clubs in England don't really have anything to base you off at that point so I kind of it all kind of happened really quickly in terms of it was approaching the summer of 2015 and I wasn't playing a whole lot I had no intention of going to America. It was something I had never even heard of, to be completely honest. Um, and then actually two of my friends off the 19s team, Paddy Fitzgerald, Ross Fitzpatrick, who both ended up going to Midwestern State in Texas. Um, you know, they were wondering if, if I had any interest. And and that's kind of where, where it came out of. And it all happened in the space of a week, really, in terms of generating interest from me, which... I was really, really skeptical about at the time, um, generating interest and then generating an offer. And that was, that was all in probably April, 2015. And then I ended up you know, in Georgia in August, 2015. So it all happened so quick for me. Um, 
but yeah, it was it was purely a football decision on my part, and you know, I never I never once in a million years dreamed it would be as good as it was because, you know, I I went over there, not sure how long I was going to stay, didn't know how well I was going to settle in, but you know, it completely changes you as a person, and you don't realize that until you go. And just even if you could just talk through kind of the recruiting process for yourself. So I know it was all kind of um, very short time frames, but like, did you go through an agency or what did you go through kind of just emailing coaches yourself or how did you go about it? So uh, I spoke to you about Paddy Fitz and Ross just a minute ago that we're, we're heading over. Um, it was actually a, a, a recruitment consultant or a scholarship consultant that came to watch them play seen me play got in touch with me on on a Monday night I didn't honestly I didn't really know who he was or, or what what his job was but this offer was kind of put on the table for me to to you know was I interested in a scholarship essentially and it was because it was getting late for August 2015 I needed to kind of make a decision so you know I jumped at the decision I had absolutely no idea where I was going I had no idea what level I was going to I just knew for me, I just knew that it was another crack at being a professional footballer. So, you know, I I won't say I jumped straight out. Um, you know, it was kind of probably a shock to the system that I was actually going to go do it. But, you know, for me, my parents were really supportive. They they said, look, you need to try it. And, and if you don't like it, we'll bring you home after two weeks. And I suppose it was, it was that reassurance as well that that was nice for me. But in terms of of the uh, scholarship consultant, it was, yeah, it was, it was really, it was probably lucky on his part that he, he got in touch with me and I really needed something different at the time. So, you know, that's why when I'm doing it now, I want to, you know, give lads and give girls the opportunity to, to know exactly where they're going, to have multiple options, to know the levels um, in different places they might be going, because I'll be honest, I didn't, didn't really have a whole lot of that information until, you know, I got in touch with the coach, obviously, and Mark McKeever, and he was fantastic from from the first day I spoke to him. So, um, so yeah, that's essentially how it worked for me. Just really, it's kind of a, a free coincidence because I never would have emailed coaches or I never would have went looking for that route. So, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of players out there that don't know the American route is is even a possibility, and they end up falling through the cracks. So. If um, if you or I can prevent even even one player falling through the cracks and giving them the opportunity of going to America, then I think that's a success for us, you know? Well, that's exactly it. I know we spoke just before we started recording there as well, just about kind of the the jump from the 19s into senior football. That's quite a gap, really. So that players that are at that level, that League of Ireland 19s, that there's not really that next step other than maybe going into junior or intermediate football. And then obviously there's other lifestyle factors that get in the way and then they end up dropping out of the game. So kind of what was your um, kind of thinking along that route as such? So even if you think to players that might be listening now who are kind of 18, 19 playing in that system um, that might be thinking of staying in Ireland to maybe pursue a League of Ireland career or if they still kind of have that that goal of going across to England, um, kind of what what kind of advice would you give to them about the American route, kind of the positives that it can bring 
in the future and also kind of the experiences that you gain along the way would you would you recommend it as a route or if you had your time back would you have stayed in Ireland and tried to tried to uh, progress up the ladder that way you know I, I think the decision I made and the route I took was was 100% the the best thing for me because you know let's say let's say a player does go to England um if he go if a player goes to England at 18, 19 and they get a four year deal at a Premier League club, then then it's a no brainer, you know what I mean? But how many people does that happen for? Yeah. Uh maybe point one percent, even less, I would say. Um if that happens, then fair play, I would say one hundred percent go for it. Um I'll never knock a player for trying to go to England, or I'll never knock a player for trying to become a professional footballer in Ireland. But you know, I think the fact that the route combines full time football with education in america just puts it so far ahead for so many players as i said there's always going to be that one percent that you know can go to england and make a living at a young age there's you know going to be another select few that can sign for some top league of ireland clubs and a pro deal uh maybe two three years whatever it may be and and they can be doing well there but for everybody else which is the vast vast majority of players even top players now um you know, I recommend the American route, as I said, because it you have your education. If you don't become a professional footballer over there, then, you know, you've got a degree in your back pocket where you can go into a good job. If you don't become a professional footballer over there, you open up so many avenues. You can coach in America, which you know exactly how good that can be. And, you know, the financial benefits, especially that can bring it. And then obviously you know, this uh, scholarship consultant role that I have is just another example of types of jobs you make through connections with people. And, you know, I I just feel the American route brings so many more opportunities. I think it's, if you go to England, if you stay in Ireland and attempt to be a footballer, there's two outcomes. You either become a professional footballer and make a living or you don't become a professional footballer and make a living. I don't think there's many other things to that. You either, but in America, you know, you can, go to college, you can play afterwards, which is a big possibility for players that, you know, impress and do well. Um, you can coach and there's so many different roles you can meet or you can open up through through meeting people, which is, for me, I found that was one of the biggest areas I grew in was, you know, just my character as a person and how I started to communicate with people opened up, you know, so many doors and so many opportunities. and. I just think that's that's probably a culture thing, you know. In America, you're far more likely to put yourself out there. And I won't say try be successful, but I'll just say, you know, you always, it opens you up as a person to try new things rather than, you know, I think a lot of people in Ireland look at, at life in general and say, you know, it's normal to go to school only you're 18 and then you go into a job and then you retire. And, you know, it's so many people are stuck in that way. And, and for me, it was, it was really nice to see something different in terms of, you know, taking initiative, maybe, maybe starting up something yourself or going doing something that's outside the norm because, um, in America, it's, it's seen, or in America, I will say sports is seen as a genuine, genuine industry that you can work in. Whereas in Ireland, I just don't see that, you know, it's the majority of people that work in sport in Ireland, obviously there's, there's professional clubs and people working at professional clubs, but the majority of, of sport in Ireland is essentially a hobby. Whereas 
in America, you see so many professional players, you see so many academy directors that do it full-time, you see so many youth coaches, you see so many adult coaches that do it full-time. So there's an absolute world of possibility and a massive industry in America to work in sport. And, you know, that's what I would say one of the biggest differences is. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because I think in Ireland there is a very, um, how would you say, almost a closed mindset, like you said, as to you just go to school and maybe go to college and then get a job and that's about it. But I think if you're the type of person to push yourself and if you want a little bit more than that and if you want to get different experiences, then going to America on your scholarship can really open up those kind of the the opportunities to get those experiences. And like you said, sport is an industry over here because there's so many different routes that you can go down. I had Kevin Barry on the podcast as well, and he's a full-time strength coach at a college, and you just don't get that here in, in Ireland, really. So it's um, so many possibilities, like you said, even within academy teams, um, the college system, high school coaching, like all that is full-time, full-time work, and you can make a full-time living from even if you don't make a full-time uh, career from actually playing the game itself, there's so many opportunities to to still stay involved in the game. Because I think in Ireland, really, the only route you can go down is, yes, there's a handful of professional clubs, and yes, you can work there um, behind the scenes and things like that. But because there's so, so few clubs, there's so few opportunities there. And especially, yeah, you can get a job in the FAI as well, but like that's quite quite difficult to do and it's only one organization whereas in america there's so many different levels so many different organizations so if you are passionate about the game and if the the traditional kind of nine to five life just isn't for you and if you want to stay involved in the game and if you want to make a career out of uh football or soccer then america can give you that opportunity so although you might not get the chance to play professionally after there, there's so many opportunities in there within the game uh, that you can do and I think that brings us on to an important point as well that within the US at the age of 22 23 even a little bit older there are players going professional at that age because I think in Ireland if you haven't gone professional by 17 18 you're pretty much just thrown to the side whereas in America there is that chance to go pro, which you did and we'll get on to, but there is that chance to go pro at the age of 22, 23 after college. So I think that's just a wonderful chance to, to, to do that, get your college education and then see where you are kind of after your four years. Yeah, exactly. And you touched on a good point there about, you know, a lot of players going, going pro when they're 22. You even look at, you know, the majority of NFL players, the majority of NBA players, you know, they go pro when, when they're finished in college and people don't understand that these players are multi-millionaires and they're signing, you know, million-dollar contracts. They don't sign them until they're 22 or 23. So, um, yeah, it's such it's such a good kind of almost back route into professional football. And, you know, I signed, obviously, my first professional contract when I was 22. Growing up, I never would have, I never would have thought, I thought if, if I hadn't signed by 18, 19, then, you know, that was it. But, you know, I, I was so much more mature when I was 22 rather than if I had signed, let's say, a pro when I was, you know, 17, 18. I don't think I would have dealt with it um, dealt with it very well. And that's why you see so many players who get, you know, one, one two-year pro deals when they're 17 or 18. And then, you know, they kind of fall to the wayside because there's so many more factors than just playing football that actually come into professional football. 
Yeah, so I like to think of it really as kind of what's the worst that can happen if you go to college soccer in the US. I mean, you're going to play for four years, you're going to play full time. Uh, you'll meet so many different uh, players and people and different experiences and things like that. At the end of the four years, you're not really going to be any worse off than you were kind of four years ago. And then it'll still you'll still have the opportunity to go professional after if you want to. And if you've worked hard at it during college, there's still that opportunity there. So kind of for anyone that kind of might be listening and are kind of considering that route, I think you just have to think to yourself kind of what's the worst can happen. And like you said, with when you were thinking about doing it, your parents said to you, well, if you don't like it after a couple of weeks, just come home. And that's the simple thing as well. If you do, If you don't like it, if you give it give it a solid, you know, a few weeks, few months. And if it's just not for you, then at least you'll have tried and you can come home and explore a different option. But I think unless you try, uh, you'll never know really. Um, but if you just kind of take us then to when you first went to um, college, just kind of how, what the transition was like for you. So I was actually, re- just when I was researching this, I read an article just that you did um, and you spoke just about the difficulties even with your accent uh, when you first went there. And obviously we're both in the country and that's so we both have like particular accents and it can be quite difficult uh, when you come to America, you know, people kind of give you that blank expression sometimes as, as to what exactly you're saying. But uh, how, even down to simple things like that, how was that adjustment for you and how did you deal with it at the time? We actually we went to Spain for preseason my my freshman year, so yeah as I said I went over in August 2015. We went to Spain for for ten days so Barcelona Madrid for a you know a preseason training camp. Um, and I mean what an experience that was you know I I had I was a young Irish lad that had never really left the country before and this is kind of these were all the little things I always wanted to do as a kid you know you you see pro teams going on training camps and stuff and um so we went to, to spain for 10 days and i i absolutely hated every minute of it i was so homesick you wouldn't believe um so i was kind of wondering like how am i possibly going to do this because you know i was so homesick the first 10 days i i remember i remember actually i was in the hotel and you know you're genuinely you're you're getting a shower after training or whatever and you're crying in the shower wondering like <laughs> You know how am I going to do this for four years? And because four years at that time seems like such a long time. Um, so the way my flights worked, Spain for ten days, I went home for a day, and then I was flying to Atlanta the next day. So probably the worst thing that could happen because you know I, I went home for the day and I was just begging, begging my mom and dad, you know, not to put me on the plane. I, I really, really didn't want to go. Um, so same thing again. They said, look. You know, if if um, if you don't like it, we'll bring you home in a week or two. But we'll just go try it. And you know, they've they've always been my biggest supporters, and so it was it was only right that I'd listen to them. So you know, I got on got on the plane, uh, went to America the next day, and the minute I touched down in America, became a little bit more comfortable with with my surroundings and and the lads on the team and stuff. It was I absolutely loved every minute of it, and I was always wondering how long these four years were going to be, but they absolutely flew by. And I honestly wish I could live them over again because, because they were just unbelievable. And it's crazy, crazy to think that I could go from being so homesick to, to you know, settling in the space of, of a week or two. But I genuinely say if I could do it, anybody could do it because you're not going to meet anybody that's more of a home bird than me, to be honest. And that's an important point as well. It's like for someone like you, 
who would consider themselves like a home bird and very difficult to leave home, you did push yourself outside of that comfort zone and kind of push yourself to to do it and it did pay off for you and I always think you know you survived it you know it's like it's not as if you crumbled you're still here nothing nothing happened you know you persevered beyond the homesickness and kind of just made the best of the opportunity that you had so I think again for anyone listening that said oh no I couldn't leave home there's no way I could do that well you're just a perfect example of someone that did do it who, who did think that they couldn't cope being away from home but had that kind of support behind them and kind of had that drive to succeed. So I think that's just an important point as well. That not everyone that decides to go is this adventurous person who doesn't, uh, who won't miss home, who won't be homesick because everyone gets homesick. It's, it's something that's just going to happen when you go there first. I had the same experience for the first couple of months, got injured early on and I just wanted, I wanted out. I just wanted to go home. So I, I remember even talking to my parents like within the first month or so and I was like, no, that's it. That's me done. I just want to go home. Um, so it was just terrible. Like the football was going terrible, just the injury and that. But again, I think at that point you're kind of like, well, what's kind of for me at home? If I if I go home, I land, what's, uh, what's the next step then? So you kind of just stick it out and you end up having an unbelievable time because you become more familiar with your your surroundings and and then once once football starts to go good for you then and I mean it just turns into a fantastic experience um what was the first season like for you when you went there because again I know just to your own standards you had a bit of a slow start uh to your first season maybe even into your second season before going on to have obviously like an incredible senior season but even in the first two years even if you just talk us through that and kind of how that went for you and kind of if there was you know anything that you could have done different or what was kind of your mindset at the time as regards to kind of turning around you know becoming a better player yeah yeah I did have a slow start in um you know my freshman sophomore year my first two years you know I um my freshman year I suppose I struggled physically a lot um coming from a 19s player and you know coming up against 22 23 year old lads that had you know, been playing in college, been playing full time for for three or four years, and it was really physically demanding. You know, it was for me uh, because I was playing as a, as you know as a number nine as a central striker at the time, and um, so holding up the ball was obviously a, a big part of what I had to do. And physically, I probably wasn't cut out for it, but I, you know, you just have to make it work by you know winning free kicks and you know diving on the ground a couple of times, whatever it may be. But um, yeah, my my sophomore year. Then I actually, um, towards the end of the season, I actually went out with the team. I wasn't getting in the team at all, and and you know it was it was a complete reset. Then after that, after that season, because you know I had expected to play every game. I had expected to be one of the main men, and and you know I wasn't performing like that. And it wasn't down to it wasn't down to a coach, or it wasn't down to you know any other factor. Only that I wasn't performing. So. You know, then I had to look at myself again, just like before I went. Um, I had to look at myself and, and see what I was going to do because I was the only one that could turn it around. And, you know, I I had a good chat with, with the coach at Young Harris, Mark McKeever, because I was actually going to almost give up on the football and, and focus on going and doing a master's degree. I was going to graduate from Young Harris early, go do a master's and, you know, go into a job because at that point it wasn't looking likely that, 
I was going to go to the USL because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excelling in the conference. I wasn't excelling in the country. And um, at the time, I wasn't even excelling in our team because, you know, there was players that were better than me. Um, I accepted that. And, you know, from that point on, when I spoke to, to Mark McKeever, obviously, he was all for me going to do a Masters if I want. But, but you know, he told me he believed that that I could become a pro if if I stayed there my junior and senior year. So I think that's all I needed to hear, you know. I, I think within five minutes of that conversation, I had convinced myself and I, I knew I was going to be a pro because, you know, once I committed to this, there was there was no way I was going to let myself fail. And, and if I did fail, then I had known that I had done absolutely everything possible. So from that point on, you know, I, I had obviously that spring season at Young Harris. Then I went to Tormenta for... For the summer which went well really well and you know when i came back to young Irish for my junior senior year that's kind of when it really kicked off so um yeah your players are going to have little decisions like that but you know if, if you've got the right support system behind you and you believe in yourself then i genuinely think anything's possible really and how important was that summer for you at tormenta do you think that was kind of a turning point for yourself just could keeping playing over over the summer, getting your fitness levels up, and that's a good level as well. What was PDL at the time, now USL League 2, was a very, very good standard. Do you think that was uh, a pivotal moment for you just leading into your, your junior season? Yeah, it was huge. Absolutely massive. I went, I had offers to go play PDL after my freshman year, which I turned down. I went home for three months. Um, I was doing a, b- a bit of training at Walford at the time. Um, they got me back in training when when I was when I was home, but you know, not playing games. I was training maybe once, once, twice a week. I was miles off it when I came back. You know, I came back into a team where a lot of the lads have been have been playing PDL for the summer and, and I was miles off it. Um I knew from that point on because you know my my sophomore year reflected on reflected on that because I didn't hit the ground running and then I struggled as the season went on. Um and yeah, then I went to Tormenta just before my junior year, and I suppose that added even more belief to me that you know I could I could compete with the best D two players in the country. I could compete with the best D one players in the country, and you know because these are all lads that are fighting for pro contracts as well. So um, yeah, it gave me that belief, and and that was another really professional setup. So so yeah, going to Tormenta was was really really good for me in the PDL. I think that's so important because I think with um, with the college system, because the season is only three months long, you need to find another way to, to supplement it. Because at the end of the day, when professional coaches look at your CV or resume and see that you've only kind of played for three months out of the year, I think it doesn't uh, doesn't bode too well for the player themselves. They need to kind of find different ways to to get game time in or at least get training in. So I've spoken on this podcast before, just about maybe for American players looking to train with teams in the summer over in Europe, or at least playing some sort of uh, USL League Two or NPSL. And I think you're the perfect example of that because I think that was kind of a pivotal moment for you was was playing in the summer, and that kind of changed things for you because again, it gave you that platform to test yourself against other players who are playing against other D two players, D one players, and then you realise that. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm there and thereabouts, and I can compete at this level. I can compete at kind of with D1 players, that possibly a lot of players in the PDL. They're going to be MLS draft picks and whatnot. So you are there and competing with them, and I'm sure that gave you the confidence going into your junior season that 
that the professional kind of uh, opportunity is still there for you if you want it, if you're prepared to work at it. Um, so I think definitely for anyone kind of thinking of uh, staying in the summer, I think you do have to look at it as a huge uh, benefit in the long term. And I think at the end of the four years, I think if you've played in the summers and had the exposure in the PDL um, or in PSL, I think it goes a long way to, to giving yourself kind of that, that pro opportunity at the end. Um, so with then, so you played with Tormenta for, was it two seasons when they were in the PDL? And then I think it was just before your senior season, you had to talk with them just about then for the, for the following season. Yeah, so I played... I played two seasons with with Tormenta. It was yeah, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Um, they knew they were going pro in twenty nineteen. Um, so then when I went back to the Young Harris, obviously, and had that senior season, um, the pro offer was there from Tormenta afterwards. Um, and you know that's to be honest, that's where my heart was set on because I had made so many good personal relationships relationships with with players um and with the staff there and and with the owners my heart was all set on there to be honest you know it was um after the season i had you know there might have been there was there was looks from other clubs but but that's where my heart was set on and and you know i have no regrets about that absolutely and uh just before we get into kind of your the step to professionalism if we just kind of take a step back just to the college system again and you just give us an idea of what kind of a day in the life would look like for you kind of we'll do it in terms of kind of during the season the off season and pre-season because there can be a huge difference uh in those times because it's only a three-month season so the off season can look much different and pre-season is quite unique as well in terms of that you can only spend a certain amount of time together as a team so even if you just take us through just even pre-season kind of what was a, a typical day what would that look like in terms of what time you get up what times you train um that sort of thing yeah, so pre-season, you obviously, you usually come in for pre-season before classes start. So um, at Young Irish, we used to go away. Obviously, we went to Spain for the first one. Um, we mightn't go very far, but we might go stay at, let's say, a location and, and train somewhere else. But I think that's what we've done for my second, maybe third pre-season as well. Um, but yeah, you're up, you're up early doors. You know, you're probably up at seven o'clock in the morning, every morning for pre-season. You'll get your breakfast you'll go train, you're probably out on the pitch for, you know, maybe half eight, nine o'clock in the morning. Um, you'll do your first session and you'll essentially, you're done. You will go, you know, grab lunch in the canteen. You'll rest for maybe an hour or two. And then, um, you know, you're back in for your second session. Majority of pre-seasons would be double sessions, whether it's, you know, a pitch session and a gym session or whether it's two pitch sessions. But you only really have, you know, a couple of weeks. The coaching staff only have a couple of weeks to work with you in pre-season. It's not like a pro pre-season where you have eight weeks. You know, you might have three weeks before your first game. So the double sessions are really important. So, um, yeah, essentially a day in the life is is what you'd expect from, from a professional club. You train in the morning, you eat, train in the afternoon, you rest, recover, sleep, and then you're back at it tomorrow. And that's essentially pre-season and that's you know that's that's exactly what I wanted to be doing from from a young age so it was that was really nice I mean is pre-season really nice yeah <laughs> probably that's not the, but that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> um 
this is setup was nice let's just say that yeah yeah no it is tough like i mean it's a huge adjustment the first time you go in as a freshman too it's a massive adjustment uh training like twice a day because i think for us coming from from ireland depending obviously what setup you're coming from but you're maybe used to training two three nights a week and then a game at the weekend whereas when you go there first is two sessions a day you might have fitness testing in between meetings all that like it's a full-time thing and it is they are quite long days especially in pre-season and then depending on where yeah, you I are will, well, say, no go ahead sorry. yeah i will i will say um you know i was so lucky with with the coach i had in college he um he would never really flog us with running um you know it was a lot of five aside seven aside and he kind of put a lot of responsibility on us as as adults and because he's seen us as future pros anyone that he brings into the program you know he believes he believes they're going to be good enough to be a pro or he can turn them into a pro so if you come into pre-season and you're not fit enough it's not his job to run you around you know if you really want to be successful you're going to be fit and if you're not you're not going to play it and I really love that responsibility from him because you know then you had the freedom to play he was it was his job to kind of get his match fit but he wasn't like the traditional coach where he sets up cones and runs you around the pitch for, for two and a half hours. You kind of, if you don't already have that base done, then I don't think you're going to be, you know, a top level player. And and I think that was his belief as well. So, so that was really good. I was really, really fortunate that, you know, I didn't have pre-seasons where we were just running around with, with no purpose to it. So, you know, I've kind of, that, that kind of instilled a value in me that, you know, I really, it doesn't kind of make it, doesn't make a difference what time of the year it is i want to be as fit as i possibly can all year round obviously there is time for rest in the off season but to a certain extent you know it's um yeah so that was another really good lesson for me and i mean one or two of the years we did run because we more than deserved it after a couple of performances but um but yeah that was on us and I'm probably laziness at the start of pre-season so yeah definitely i'm unbelievably grateful for the the experience I had because yeah um, you can get sick of running around the field that's for sure and just before we get into kind of what it was like then during the season for you um, I just want to pick up on a point that you mentioned there just that the coach uh, you were very fortunate in the coach that you had that he took players in and he either you know obviously wants them to go pro after and I think that's an important point as well just for anyone that's kind of thinking of going to college just to speak with your coach and just to make sure that your values align with them because I can only speak from my point of view really that the college I went to that it, it wasn't something where they were looking for players to go pro after it was like you played your college soccer your four years and then you went off and got a job so for for me who was somebody who wanted to kind of push on afterwards at whatever level that may be I think I just there was very little support there um just from from my point of view um just as regards even playing npsl pdl um there was very little encouragement given to even play uh in the summer leagues and things like that so i think that's important and an important point to make players aware of that that do speak with your coach and make sure that kind of they do align with the view that you have for yourself um because for you the coach did want players to go pro and he treated you like professionals Whereas I think with the college I was at, there were certain aspects of it weren't as professional as they should have been. Um, and I think that reflects then into what happens afterwards with players. 
So I think it's it's very important to to speak with your coach at the time and and make sure that it's a good fit and that kind of coach's uh, view they they do align with your own as well. Yeah, no, spot on. I think it's so important because, as you say, if you turn up at a college and you want to go pro and there's no aspirations from anyone else on the team to go pro, you know, the standards aren't really going to be there for for setting up a professional career. So, yeah, I think you're bang on there. Yeah. And then just with uh, during the season, then if you just talk us through kind of even what a, what a typical week would look like, so I think the big adjustment is that it's going to be two games a week rather than just the, the game on the Saturdays we're used to back home. So even if you just talk us through kind of what a week would look like in terms of how many times you train, um, even what sort of things you'd work on. So I know because it's a full-time environment, you do have time to work on different things like shape and whatnot. So if you just kind of talk us through that and uh, and what that was like for you. Yeah, so the, um, a day in the life or a week in the life, I mean... So let's say we had games on in season because it's such a short season. You might play, you know, between 15, 20 or 15, 20 games. You're likely going to be playing Wednesday, Saturday. Let's just for let's just say. Um, so then you're in training Monday. Um, so we had a time block. Our time block was between 8 a.m. and and 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. to get our get our classes in. So for any college, really, uh, not just mine, it would have been every every player or every team will be given a block when to get their classes done. So we had to have our classes done before the afternoon. So you'd go for breakfast in the morning, you'd have two or three classes, uh, you'd get your lunch, a little bit of rest. And then we were out on the training pitch at half three every day. So, you know, you'd go down, get ready, go out and train. Um, yeah, you'd be out in the training pitch for half three. Let's say you're done five o'clock ish, go get your, your dinner. And then, you know, you have the evening to do extra work in the gym or get your homework done or keep up with keep up with your studies. So that's essentially how every day looked. Um, you do that Monday, Tuesday, you'd have a game Wednesday. So same thing, you go to your classes in the morning and then it's essentially just preparing for the game throughout the afternoon. Um, you'll have your game on Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, you're back in training. Um, Saturday, you'll play a game and then Sundays are off. Sundays were generally always off you'd always get one day in the week off which was which was nice to kind of get your feet up and kind of just reset for the following week but the different types of things we worked on in training um you know we would we would have played a lot we played seven aside a lot five aside a lot which i absolutely loved you know um we worked on shape a good bit but i was once again i was fortunate with the college i was at and and the coach i had that we really didn't we didn't worry about the other team a whole lot it was kind of you know we had the players almost every year that if we performed and we worried about ourselves then you know we were going to beat the majority of teams so it was almost an attitude thing rather than you know tactics and shape kind of no i won't say they were important but the values of the squad and the values of the management we knew if we could keep pushing ourselves and the attitude was right and we were working hard that you know, we were going to be good enough and um, we would go through shape maybe, you know, the day before a game, but we would still always play. And I think that's a big reason why a lot of players love going to Young Harris because training is so enjoyable. You play every day and I'll be honest, there's no pointless meetings because there's a lot of pointless meetings in 
in teams all across America and, and all across football. So, um, yeah, I was really lucky again. And I think that's so important for players um, when they're going to a college, find out, you know, what way the training is going to be. Are you going to be working on shape five days a week? Because there's going to be players that don't enjoy that. And if you're out on the training ground five days a week, if you're doing shape for four days a week, then where do you improve? Like where, where do you actually get the football training in? So I think if you can find that balance and, and that balance was found perfectly at, at my college and, and through the coaching staff there, obviously, you know, Mark McKeever and, and Dino Gray were, were unbelievable. And um, yeah, that's, that's another important thing for players to find out is, is the training going to be what they expect it to be? Or, you know, because some players might need three or four days of tactical information because maybe that's a side of their game that, that's lacking. So, you know, there, there's a coach out there for everyone. There's a team out there for everyone, I feel. Um, and, you, yeah, you just have to ask as many questions as possible before going over and um, just listen to the right people is the advice I'd give. Yeah, definitely. Because I think it's just important to get the philosophy of the coach and kind of how they want to play. And like you said, train as well. That's really important because there's it's not fun at all just standing there for about an hour just doing shape and set pieces and whatnot. And it can be really, really tedious. So and it can kind of impact the experience a bit. So it kind of it really does. There is it is really important that you do click with the coach as such and that you do um, get on well with him and kind of agree not even agree with his philosophy but see where he's coming from and how how he wants to play really and how he wants the team to play because it's really really important because you do spend a lot of time with the team and it is a large chunk of your life so you do kind of want to make sure that um that it is something that would kind of uh, that you would align to and then what was your living situation at the time did you live in dorms or was it off campus or how did that work so majority i would say 99 percent of the students at young hours all live on campus so you know that was my college my college situation we when i went in first i was living in a dorm uh, um shared a room with a, with a swedish lad um for the first couple of years who i got on really well with um my first and second years were in dorms uh third year got bumped up a little bit in housing which which was nice still had a roommate and then my fourth year you know he um I was given housing essentially in my scholarship that it was it was essentially an apartment on campus which was which was really nice so that's just another aspect of it in terms of you know performance on the field if um generally when you go in first um depending on the housing situation you know but there there is definitely a chance based on performance to get better housing essentially as the as the years go on and and I think that is the best way of doing it because if you give a player the best of everything when he first comes in, then maybe a little bit of complacency can kick in. So, you know, it's always, it's, it might be something small like that, that maybe that's your goal. You want to, you want to do really well this season because you want better housing next year, or you want to do really well this season because, you know, you need more money on your scholarship or whatever. So there's, there's definitely, there's definitely rewards for performance. And I would say there's definitely, not just performance on the field, I'm talking about performance in the classroom as well because there's so many lads that go over that don't get that balance between between playing and academics and all of a sudden your GPA isn't good enough and you're not able to play or 
you know, your GPA isn't good enough and you lose scholarship and it's absolutely pointless because I feel the system in America in terms of academics is perfectly set up for you to one, go to class, two, just take care of your work and you're going to get a degree. I, I, that's, you know what I mean? It's not majorly difficult. You just have to take care of, you know, if you take care of business in the classroom, then you're going to be fine and, and you're going to get a good degree out of it. But if you if you get complacent with your schoolwork, you know, you, it's a slippery slope because, you know, I was really complacent when I first went over. It was, it was a case, all right, I'm playing football. I'll go to some of my classes, but all I want to do is pass. And first of all, I thought it was 40% to pass, like it is in Ireland. <laughs> but it's, it's 60%. And it was a few weeks in before I even found that out. Like, I had no idea. So when I realized it was 60% to pass, even, I realized, right, I'm going to have to do something here. And, um, you know, I kind of had, had my warning shot after the first semester where my GPA was poor. Um, you know, the, the coach simply said to me, look, you either get you either get your GPA up or there's going to be scholarship cuts. It's, it's as simple as that. And then, you know, from that point on, you know, I kind of strive for excellence in the classroom as well as on the field. And it was one of the best things that, that could have happened to me and one of the best decisions I could make because, you know, once you kind of make that decision to, you know, be the best, whatever it is, whether it's in the classroom, on the field, it just becomes a habit and becomes a way of life. And, and it's it stuck to me to to today. So that just shows another one of the lessons that that you can gain from from the whole experience. It's so important to realize that the the education factor as well that you do actually have to maintain a certain GPA to play. So the two are very much interlinked, and it is important to keep up the the grades in the classroom as well. And like you said as well, I think there is in America, if you show up, um, give some effort and do try you will find that people will help you and kind of there is that support system there and if you want help you will get it and they will help you and take an interest in you whereas i think in ireland it's more of a especially in the college system at least uh it's nobody really cares to be honest like if you're failing they'll just fail you and that's yeah. it whereas especially i think if you're especially the student athlete as well an international student athlete there is a lot of academic support there. So I wouldn't ever let kind of your academics uh, put you off going for a scholarship because there is that support there. And you will find if you're struggling with something, they will they will help you and they will give you kind of extra tutoring or whatever that might be. So it, it, is, it is a good avenue for someone who might not be as strong academically in the leaving cert because we all that system itself isn't the best always in terms of points it's really just a memory test to be quite honest so if you find you're not doing as well in the leaving cert i wouldn't let that deter you because even if you score quite lowly there's always the option to go to like a junior college and then transfer so there is an academic future in in the us for most people if you're prepared to just show up and do the work and give give effort really so I think that's really important to realize as well, just for any any players out there that might be saying that, no, no, I don't want to go to college because I'm not academically that good, but there is some place for you. And I like I like how you put it as well before that there is a college for everyone and there is whatever level that might be. So it could be NAIA, NCAA, junior college. But I think if 
if you want it and if you're willing to work at it then there's definitely there's some place where where you will fit in really um but if you just talk a little bit just then about the off season because i know that can be quite a strange uh time of the year because the kind of football just immediately ends and there's not too much to do apart from schoolwork. So did you do much kind of work in terms of your fitness or training wise, or did you just take the time off completely? No. So that was actually probably my first two years, especially the spring season and the off season was, was probably just as important for the season for me because um, we spoke about how I, I started slow. Um, I wasn't kind of hating the heights that I that I was expecting to hit or that other people were expecting me to hit. So a lot of it came down to the physical side of the game. Like I was I was relatively quick, but you know, I wasn't very strong. I wasn't very fit. When I think about it, I wasn't even really that quick. But um that's so that's something I worked on. You know, I was in the gym almost every single day in spring. When I went into the gym the spring after my freshman, so the spring of my freshman year, you know, I wasn't, I got up on the pull-up bar. We were in the, we were in our first gym session and I got up on the pull-up bar and I was the only one in there that could not pull myself, could not pull myself up in the bar. Like I was, I was genuinely that week. I'd never even seen a gym before in my life. Like, and so it was kind of, I hit home and, you know, I really needed to work on it. So, you know, I was in the gym every day and from that point on it, I probably put on, you know, over the over the space of the four years, I probably put on probably 15, 20 pounds of muscle or whatever it may be, because I was only about 145 pounds when I went in and got up to, you know, 165-ish. So, um, you know, that made the world a difference in my, in my game. And also I realized, you know, there was another massive part of my game that, that I could have, that I could improve and influence and and that was the fitness levels you know it was and now I look at it I believe that's something that's completely in my control um and now I strive to you know be the fittest player cover the most ground um because that's something in my control so even now if if I have a bad game you know I still aim to cover more ground than anybody else on and off the ball so so that was kind of a thing that that I looked at in spring and I became over the over the four years due to the off season I became so much fitter so much stronger and I think only for those off seasons and putting in the work I did I there's no way I would have became a pro because you know physically I just wouldn't have been there yeah I think that's important as well just to, to realize just although the off season is quite long it does give you that opportunity to work on kind of your fitness and the physical side of your game as well which makes it an incredible difference and like you said as well it's just a case of control the controllable I mean you can't always um I mean the coaches have their own way of thinking and you can't always control what your teammates are doing but the one thing you can control is yourself and how much effort you give and how much um like you said how much you run and and things like that so and your fitness is on you really um and that's what it comes down to uh technical ability i always say is i mean top players in the world they just have that awareness they have they have that technical superiority to other players but for for most um if you just control your fitness and if you can be the fittest player on the team it will take you places and especially in the college game as well um 
just from my own personal experience, sometimes it's not technically uh, the best in terms of tactically, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. but it is an incredibly physical game. So if you can make a commitment to be to control what you can in terms of your fitness and become the best that you can be physically, it will make an incredible difference uh, to your game and, and it will take you places. Um, so just with the your senior season then, obviously that was uh, that was quite an incredible season that you had. How many goals did you score again during that season? It was an incredible amount. Uh, I think it was 22, but I wasn't counting. Was it 22? That's, no, it was unbelievable. <laughs> so I was going through your, uh, just obviously on the Young Harris website, just the, the awards and that you got in, the, in your senior season. And it just seemed to be an endless list of... Uh, kind of national and regional and player of the week and that I know you got like um all conference all region all American as well D2 national player of the year so it was kind of a real a real breakout season for yourself and obviously a senior season what a time to get it as well but I think what's interesting as well obviously you kind of verbally agreed to that professional contract before that as well so it was kind of not as if you were play, uh, not as such playing for a professional contract. You knew that was there. So I'm sure it gave you just that freedom to more just go out and enjoy it and see what you could do and kind of really leave your mark on the college game. But I think that's, I think your just whole college career is just such an example to others out there that over the four years, a bit of a slow start for the first couple but then, you know, you kind of had a talk with yourself and said that you were going to go all in on it and give it everything that you could. And then junior season improvement again and then senior season just absolutely blew, blew it out of the park, basically. So I think that's a really good example players out there. that it, it does. It is an adjustment and it does take a little while to get used to the lifestyle and the football and everything like that. But if you stick at it, I think your example is one that, you know, if you stick at it, there will, good things will come. And I suppose that brings us on then to, to signing professionally with Tormenta in the, in the USL League One. How was that whole experience for you in terms of the, the standard even? What was the jump like from, from the college system to the professional game? Yeah, I, it was great. I think the jump, I mean, initially in college, you've got, in college you've got so many good players. There's good players on every team. Um, but... In the pros, everybody is really good. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of you realize that fairly quickly. You know, in college, you can maybe in certain teams you can pick a weak link, maybe two that you can get after. In the pros, there's there's very little weak links. You know what I mean? So you need to find new ways. You've got to um, you've got to add so many different elements to your game. Like for me, awareness was huge. Um, you know, I needed to to add that awareness and to be able to turn out and play forward a lot more. That was something that my college coach was trying to harp home to me, but I was getting away with it. I was no longer getting away with little things like that. Um, and then just just the tactical side of things, the every team in the in the USL in the League One was was so switched on from minute one to minute ninety that you don't really get the opportunities you get in league two or, or in, um, in college. So it's important to take, take the moments, take the chances when they come along, because in the program they're they're few and far between. So I think just those were the biggest differences for me. One being, um, obviously the level of player, everybody was really, really good. And then the second part would have just been the, you know, the, the, um, yeah, everybody being so switched on. 
and the tactical side of the game and little details as well um, were really, really important. And it's fine margins, really fine margins. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's just consistency when when you step yeah. up to that pro level. Is I think in maybe the college system, you can have an off day or have an off game or periods throughout the game. But I think in the professional game, it's just everyone is so switched on for the full 90 minutes and even a lack of concentration can really cost you throughout the 90 minutes. So I think it's just that consistency. And I guess it's just that pressure as well, I suppose, coming from the college game. So obviously everyone in college is, is studying and Manny will go on just to normal job after, whereas when you step up to that level, everyone is there to, to obviously make a living and, and that's their career and, and and that's kind of what they what they're fighting for week in, week out. Um so I suppose how how did you handle that pressure as such, I suppose, just that 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 came with kind of the pressure to win win games and that that kind of pressure of basically just just playing for your for your job maybe week in, week out? When when you go into it so it's kind of it's still a bit surreal for me that you know that football is my job <laughs> yeah I don't think I think I could be playing for the next 10 years and I still it'll still be surreal to me but you know when you go out there every day it's you know you try not to think about it a lot because the first year you know you're always putting yourself under pressure you realize that you know if this game doesn't go well I might play the next game if I don't play the next game you know, if I don't play this season, I might not get another contract. Then I'm out of a job. Um, but you can't let those thoughts come into your head. You know, you've got to be really mentally strong. Um, for me, it was always trying not to get too high in the highs and too low in the lows because, you know, in the past, I've probably, with a good game, I've probably let myself go a little bit and maybe got a bit unrealistic with expectations. And when I have a low game, you know, I lose a lot of confidence. So for me, it was just trying to stay level-headed um, I do believe I could have done that better over my first two years looking back on it because there was there was a lot of highs and, and there was a lot of lows and I think for any footballer there's going to be so many lows but I think it's just uh, we go back to saying it again control the controllables because um, if you can turn up and train at the highest level every day which I believe in my first year I had my moments where I probably took my foot off the pedal a little bit I'd be the first to admit that but last year, there wasn't a day where where I didn't give up 100%. Or there wasn't a day that I didn't do absolutely everything to be the best version of myself. So, and I'm not just talking about the hour and a half I was at, I was out on the training pitch. I'm talking about from the time I got up at half seven or eight o'clock in the morning until the time I went to bed. I've done absolutely everything to be the best I could be. So I've got absolutely no regrets there. But um, But yeah, I think it's just getting that mindset if, if you can look yourself in the mirror before you go to bed and say, yeah, I've done everything I could today to be the best version of me, then then I think everything else is kind of out of your control at that point. Yeah, because you can't worry too much about what will happen in the future. I mean, if you if you worry too much about that, you'll forget to take care of the present, really. So all you can do is just take each day as it comes and, and kind of make the most of each day and work as hard as you can on that particular day. And I always think if you just if you do that, eventually the, the results will take care of themselves. Um, what was your situation then in, in Tormenta as regards kind of housing and and that sort of thing where you house other players and things like that because I know in the USL they, they, they do kind of look after you in, in that sense so how was that for you personally? Yeah so we were we were given an apartment the first year yeah I was in an apartment with three other lads and then 
and then last year I was in an apartment with three other lads again and then we were split up because of, of COVID so they would put us in two and two because obviously if someone tested positive then their three their three roommates lose out for two weeks as well so they split us up as much as they could into houses of two so yeah we were housed by the club which was which was always really nice and I always really enjoyed living with with the lads on the team you know it was something that I try not to take for granted because I'm living with a couple of lads in a house up here in Galway now as well and I know in in 10-15 years I'm going to miss it so I really do try to you know enjoy the the fun side of things as well and and just just living with the lads as well as it's always enjoyable so that's a that's another part of the the experience I really enjoyed to be honest yeah no but you have to enjoy the entire experience uh, whether that be college soccer or whatever that might be you have to enjoy everything that comes with it and enjoy the journey I suppose and even if if things are difficult at the time you'll find that you're kind of it's, it's changing you as a person really and that you will in a few years look back on those times and think that they kind of made me what I am today and and even though they might have been difficult times at the time I think they will turn out to be kind of your most enjoyable times because yeah. I think it's just when we're when we're challenged and kind of overcome those challenges I think that's kind of the, the, the most satisfaction that you get in life because it's so easy to stay in your comfort zone for you after college it, could, it would have been so easy to say uh, that's me done I've done my time in America I can go back to Ireland get a job um, just play maybe you know intermediate football um, have a go at League of Ireland that sort of thing just part-time but again you took up the professional opportunity you pushed yourself um, put yourself in that environment so I think that's that's really important uh, for people to realize as well you know you have to step outside your comfort zone and and not to worry not worry too much about the future um, so I'm sure you couldn't have ever imagined um, what, what would have happened down the line signing professionally after and obviously being back in the League of Ireland now in a full-time setup um, like it's all all worked out in the end but you couldn't I'm sure you could never really have imagined um, there's no point planning for these things you just do them as as they come up really um, so then just with being in the USL what was the I suppose the the schedule like there because I know it's quite tough in terms of travel and things like that so how how was that as an adjustment uh, kind of traveling distances to games and just maybe the change from the college setup in terms of professionalism and and what you had access to I mean we trained every day five days a week Monday to Friday we'd be out on the training ground every morning um it was another it was a really personal setup in terms of we would come in you know half seven have a breakfast um be out on the training pitch for you know half nine ten o'clock um and then you'd go home and do your gym session in the afternoon and and that was that was pretty much it you know and then you also have to realize that i didn't have or when you go into the pros you obviously don't have study anymore so you might be home <laughs> some days you might be home at 12 o'clock one o'clock in the day and Kind of like, all right, well, what, what am I meant to do now until training tomorrow? And and there, there is a, a Justin to do to that as well because, you know, you've got so much more uh, spare time on your hands. Um, and a lot of people kind of don't really know what to do with it and they end up, you know, sitting in their room all day or, or you know, not being productive with their time. And, and that, can, that can be tough on the head as well, I'm not going to lie. So... Um, but I was always lucky, you know, the weather was always really good. 
I was terrible at golf, but I went and you know, played a lot more than, than I used to. But, um, you know, I was lucky to have a really good group of lads in the team. And, you know, we we would we would always do stuff with the time. And then obviously COVID hit. And, um, I mean, that was a big factor for me last season. You know, we were we were essentially in quarantine for the whole season to allow us play a season. So, um, you know, I come home from training at 12 o'clock in the day. You can't really go anywhere. Um, the gyms weren't open a lot of the time. So, you know, that was tough. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, that was definitely a contributing factor to, to me wanting to come home as well. And then just been back in Galway, obviously it's great to get back to where, where you started really in the country that you started. And I think there's always kind of a bit of satisfaction in, in terms of playing in your own country and maybe kind of reaching the, the highest level there. Um, what would you compare? Obviously, it's early days for you at Galway, yes. But how would you compare even in training just the standard of players to that of uh, when you're at Tormenta? Would there be much of a difference or would it be quite similar in terms of the level? I think the level is similar. Um, I think the style of play is very different. Um, you know, I, in America, for me, I, I put a lot of it down to the heat. You know, you, you can't go and press for 90 minutes in that heat. It's as simple as that. So the game at times is slower, even though there's a lot of athletic players. You know, teams tend to keep it at the back because you don't want to lose the ball because you're running around in 40 degree heat trying to win it back. So a lot of teams play like that, whereas I've found already in in the preseason games that, you know, there's always pressure on you. There's always someone, you know, getting close to you. Teams want to play forward a lot quicker. Um, and I think that style of play probably suits me better because, you know, I'm busy. I like getting around the pitch. I like running around. So um, I'm hoping that this style of play suits me better. And, and so far, I think it might. But... Um, yeah, just in, in terms of then the, the different players in the league, I think USL League One, you've got a lot of young players, especially in our Tormenta team. We had so many 23, 24-year-olds, which was great. So many, so many good players. Um, whereas now there's a lot of players in the Galway dressing room that have, you know, they've been playing League of Ireland. They've been playing full-time professional football for, for 10 years. And um, just those different characters, players probably now in the dressing room hold me to such a high standard and and um i think that's been really good for me as well so so that's just another difference just in the character and as well as the circumstances of the players more than anything yeah i think especially in usl it's maybe just a little bit like you said just kind of younger players and especially in usl league one um whereas in the Irish leagues and that you do have a lot of players who would have played a lot in the League of Ireland or maybe even been in England and they're just coming back then and kind of a lot more different uh, different mentality I suppose you might say um, within Irish football yeah. just in terms of how I suppose not how serious it's taken but I suppose just the, the cutthroat mentality of it as such um, it is kind of a bit different um, to what happens in America um, but just a step step back from your playing for a bit, because obviously I know you've taken up uh, a new role as a, a scholarship consultant. Um, what was the initial thinking in getting into that? Yeah, since I stopped playing, or since I finished up playing college in America, it was, you know, it was always on my mind that I wanted to do something to to almost give back and, and give more players this opportunity. And and I wasn't really sure how, how I would get it across. You know, I want to, I think, the route to America 
and the, the college scholarship route, it's not given enough credit. It's not nearly given enough credit. I think so many people see it as elite players. They get the opportunity to go and that's it. But there's so many different levels, you know, there's, there's so many different players that can go on this opportunity. And I kind of want to, you know, open people's eyes to that, um, make people realize not only the benefits, but the opportunities it brings. And um, yeah, so yeah, that was essentially my thought behind it. You know, I told you, I told you earlier that I met, I met Stephen Murray, who is, who is the main man and the guy I'm working with now. He, um, I met him in Chicago a few years ago and, you know, I had some good chats with him and, I was probably kind of, I suppose, I've been annoying him now for the last two years, two and a half years, kind of saying like, so I remember, I remember texting him probably two years ago and saying like, you know, I'd love to get on board and, and help you out or whatever and, and see what we could do. And he was like, he used to say, um, you know, you, you've, you're playing right now. You've got plenty of time, plenty of time in the future. And, and, you know, that's, I suppose at the time, that's the way I seen it as well. And, you know, Stephen was just someone I, I got to know a lot better over the last last year or two, and I suppose I gained his trust. Um, and he and he obviously proved to me with with how he recruits players, and and I I believe he does it the right way, and I believe he's he's honest and genuine. And so then for me it was a no brainer to kind of pursue the option to to work with him because that's exactly how I want to do it with with players. You know, I'm not right now. It's not it's not a full time job for me. I'm not doing it for the money. Um, maybe one day after my career is over, my playing career, then then maybe I might do it full time. But but right now I genuinely just wanna wanna help as many young players as I can and and open up these opportunities to more people because it's genuinely life changing and and I just believe that that anyone that goes, it's it's such a life changing experience for them that it's, it would be silly not not to do really. And what characteristics would you look for? in a player so obviously there's a lot of players might come to you um <clears throat> just looking for obviously to to go down that route but what kind of characteristics do you think are the most important uh for a player looking to to go there what would you look for in a potential player so obviously the playing side of things is, is important um what level a player is currently playing at what i look massively something that's really important to me is the character side of things you know i always say if players come to me, the first thing I'll say to them, or one of the first things I'll say to them, look, the American route, if you're going to go and give everything in the football side of things, you're going to have opportunities. If you go and take care of your academics, you're going to get a degree, which is going to lead to opportunities. If you go and you're half-hearted, either in the football side of things or the academic side of things, I just say, look, just save yourself the time and don't even bother with it. So immediately I will look for the character of a player. And if I believe that, that that player is going to give it absolutely everything, then, you know, I'll back them 100% of the way. Um, those are the kind of kind of people, especially that I want to give these opportunities to. Um, and then, you know, players that want to improve themselves on and off the field, players that are willing to, you know, put themselves out there, players that are going to reply to their coaches' emails, for example. It's such a tiny little thing or might sound like a tiny little thing, but those are the type of people that that I really want to work with. And, and you know, it's not hard to find out. You know, you'll find out how much a player or a person really wants it within maybe two calls or, or chatting to them for a bit. And um, 
so yeah, those are are some of the characteristics. Obviously, the playing side of things is is important. The higher level players, obviously, are are I mean the ones that that most scouts look for. Um, yeah, I love working with you know all types of players and and giving opportunities to as many people as I possibly can through this route. So so that's what I want to do. No, it's absolutely fantastic because I think it's great to have someone like yourself who's been through it and kind of made such a success of their career there and then obviously coming back to Ireland and continuing on with full-time football. I think it's a great resource uh, to have and I think because I know from speaking with you, you're just incredibly passionate about being personally involved in the the whole process for a player because it can be a very daunting process. And I think because you, like you said, it's not your full-time thing, money is not your objective you just genuinely do want to help players um, get out there and, and have the experience that you had. So if there's somebody listening to this right now and, and this is in, in their mind to do, um, how would they get in touch with you or how would they get the, the process started? So there's essentially, you can get in touch with me on Instagram. The, um, Mikey Row 10 is my own and then there's Mikey Row Scholarships is another one. Uh, those are my two Instagram pages and then I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, Mikey Rose scholarships, um, my WhatsApp as well. Maybe if I could give this information to you and we could put it out there somewhere, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, of course. No, we'll get it up on it, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. If, um, but that's how, essentially the process then, uh, Aiden, is um, if a player gets in touch with me, you know, I will, I'll have a chat with them. I'll get their, you know, their basic details first. Um, we'll have a chat. We'll go through see if they have video footage if they haven't video footage you know having video footage is is really important it opens up obviously a lot more doors um so i'll essentially get their information their video footage i'll give them a call i'll have a chat see what their aspirations are um and then we kind of take it to the next stage and at that point you know it's myself and steven will get on a zoom with with the player and their parents and we'll run them through the process We'll run them through the process and then we'll do up an assessment, which is essentially we will we will give a player and, and his parents, you know, the, the level we expect them to go play at or the level we're going to look at for options. Um, a breakdown of costs, which I think is vitally important. And it comes back to that honesty because I know so many players that have, you know, gone through scholarship agents that they say you're guaranteed a scholarship. They'll tell you you're guaranteed a scholarship, but you know they don't tell you that you're going to have to pay fifteen thousand um, dollars. So I think it's I love the way it's done in terms of the assessment and and Stephen uh, gives players a, an estimation of costs and he's he's brutally honest and and I think it's the only way to go and because obviously there's some players there's some players out there that are going to get full scholarships and they might not have to pay a penny. There's going to be other players that may have to pay some in their first year and can improve on um and stuff like that so there's different circumstances but yeah um that's essentially the process myself Stephen, will go through um the assessment with the players and then once the players are in the system with us um between myself and Stephen, we will look for for colleges for the players you know um if it's a player that that's at playing at a d1 level but wants to play immediately you know i will look for different options for him you know it might be it might be a case that I can get him into a D1 school and they're going to sit on the bench for two years or I can get him into a, a D2 school and they're going to go in and make an immediate impact. And I will always advise that they go 
they go play because I feel like it's so much more beneficial to play games and and you know I think it's so much better in the process as well. So that's why it's so important to have somebody somebody that has your back that that knows the system, that knows the benefits it's going to bring to play, and um, and that's where it helps me a lot as well because you know I can refer back to Stephen where obviously I have my experience, but he's another one that that's came through the American system. You know he played over there himself, so. So he knows the ins and outs of it, and he's been placing players for for eight years or ten years now. So it's a it's a really good resource for me, where I can say to him, "All right, look, I've got this player. Um, I've got option A, B, and C. Which one do you think is the best one to send them to? Because there's so many more things that come into it than than you think. Because all right, option A, you might be going in as a as an immediate starter option b you might be going in as someone that they're seeing as a development player for year three and four and then it just depends on what the player wants you know and i think i'm in the perfect position to advise players on on the best possible scenario because you know i've seen so many players over the years in the american system and i feel like i've got a good pretty good take on it and then obviously steven as well is is top class in that field so um, yeah, just the, and you touched on the personal side of it there a while ago, Aiden, and and how I want to be involved in it. You know, the way I look at it, if, um, because so many agencies nowadays um, are getting in all these numbers, and you know, players mightn't hear from for for their four years. And uh, the way I want to do it, I want to have you know good personal relationships with any of my players. Um, I want to be able to assist them throughout the four years. And um, and yeah, that's that's absolutely the way we're going about it. Is is um in the most personal and professional manner we can possibly do it. So, you know, I want to be involved throughout the whole process and to help players over the four years as well. So, so that's kind of the way I'm going about it. Yeah, so important though, isn't it? Just in terms of the financial aspect yeah. of it, because these uh, some agencies do guarantee scholarships but they don't say whether that's a five percent scholarship or a hundred percent or whether it's just tuition or food housing whatever that might be so i think it's important to kind of uh, get that breakdown of the costs because i know for myself we both came through agencies and for myself obviously you sign up but you don't know what exactly you're going to get at the time so it could be five percent twenty percent whatever that might be and it's a massive uh, risk so I really like that actually the the person aspect of that where you're given uh, a breakdown of the expected costs of it because American colleges aren't cheap and it does run into quite an amount of money but that being said if you can get a good scholarship and on on the athletic side and the academic side then it, it doesn't turn out to be as much as you might think but then that being said it's important to, to get a realistic uh, expectation of what the costs might be um, but that's pretty much, I'm just conscious of the time there at the moment. I felt we could have went yeah. on for about another just, two, three hours. I'll just add, but, on, yeah. add on one thing, Emma. Yeah, yeah, go All ahead. Right, I'll just add. So, you know, we speak to to a lot of players about the costs, you know, and let's just say, let's just say a player's got a scholarship and he has to pay $5,000 a year. Um, you know, when, when you first see that, you think, all right, 5,000, that's a lot of money. But when you think about it, um, $5,000 a year, that's for tuition, food, and housing. Let's say you're a kid living in Wexford and you're going to college in Dublin. Between tuition, housing, and food for the year, you know, it's going to be a lot more than, than $5,000. So 
just when you put it when you put it that way and that's the way you know I put it to people that that see the financial side of it maybe a little bit daunting you know it's it's really not that bad and it's actually really good value when you think you're getting your college you're being housed for the year and all your food is paid for so it's actually it actually makes a lot more more sense than than maybe going away and paying massive money for a, an apartment in Dublin let's say to go to a to go to a college so I think when people hear that and when people get a personal touch and kind of get that that explained to them then it makes a lot more sense so that's an area or that's another part I would look at as well for sure it's the costs there's a lot there is a financial cost of course for for some players and stuff but it's um it's all 100% worth it I can I've been there and done that you know what I mean yeah, it's so important. I mean, it's uh, when you break it down like that, it does make sense. Um, from personal experience, like living in Dublin, it runs into quite a lot of money. And I mean, if uh, if you can guess the you know the that unique experience of going to college in the US uh, for probably less or equal to the amount that you'd spend in Ireland, then it's it's definitely uh, worthwhile and it's definitely an important uh, point to bring up that. Um, there is scholarships for everything too so like you have academic scholarships athletic scholarships um there are various things you can get scholarships for in the u.s it, it, it's crazy when you kind of go there first and see what you can get scholarships for whereas the idea of getting an academic scholarship in ireland you have to be quite uh, quite up there in terms of your academic ability and things like that but in the u.s uh if you're if, you, if you're decent um at school and academics and things you'll always get some sort of academic scholarship so everything combined uh, definitely brings the cost down also in terms of where you might go it's often smaller uh little towns with a cheap cost of living for me in ohio it was quite cheap to live it wasn't an expensive place so so that brings the, the cost down as well and i think you'll find most international players who go it is kind of to those smaller colleges in kind of those states that are a little bit cheaper um rather than i think when everyone thinks new york they think of obviously like boston yeah. uh, when they go to america sorry they think of new york boston florida california but but very few players kind of go to those colleges some do um but obviously i think uh, quite a few do go to the, the smaller states where there is a cheap cost of living and it won't cost you as much in the long term um but like i said i felt we could have went on there for another for the rest of the day and, and definitely we'll look to get you on again just to go into detail um on more uh, within the college system but i think just by by sharing your journey i think you've given a great insight um into what life is like as a college soccer player and beyond uh, into the professional world as well so i think it'll definitely give uh, give a lot of players something to think about and and if anyone's interested in going to to college i think it's given them a real first-hand insight into what exactly it's like as i think there's so many videos out there now it's like you put in college soccer and it's like you have big stadiums all that sort of thing but the reality can be a little bit different um for for most players so it's important to get a real a real insight into what it's like and what you're going to going to experience there so i think that was uh just one of the big reasons that i wanted to get you on just from speaking with you and things i just think how, how passionate you are about it i think you'll just kind of add a lot of value to to anyone listening and then of course anyone that's interested in in speaking with you as well um for for going to america um but i just want to wish you the best luck anyway just for the season obviously back in ireland for the the, the first time in quite a long time and 
obviously with Galway and things like that, it's exciting, exciting times there. And I think obviously with COVID and things like that, it's great to finally get the game back up and running again, albeit with some restrictions. Um, so I'm sure you're kind of looking forward to getting going. When's the first game again? When when is the season kicking off? So 26th of March, we play play Shelburne at home. So it's a big one to start off. But, uh, decent, you know, them are the games you want to play in. Oh, exactly. Exactly. No, decent. That's them are the ones. Yeah, no, not not too far away, and I'm sure if yourself and obviously everyone, it's nice to nice to get back to some sort of normality. But uh, but Mike, I just want to thanks for thanks for taking the time to, to come on and share everything with us. And like I said, I hope to hope to get you on again in the not too distant future. No, Aiden, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks a million, and you know, fair play for what you're doing, and and best of luck with it. I'll be keeping a close eye. That's for sure. Cheers, and I'll have Mikey's uh, information as well. Just any the descriptions and. Uh, just uh, having spoken to him, he's a very uh, approachable guy and uh, I'm sure he'll help you with any questions you have. Um, but yeah, thanks for your, thanks very much for your time, Mikey. Cheers, Aiden. Thank you. Thank you all very much for listening. And like I said, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email, aiden.90minutesfitness.com or send me a DM on Instagram as I'm always happy to help. If you found value in today's episode, please like, share and follow. Thanks again for listening and speak to you all again soon.